Now we're talking into the microphone like we weren't before. Who started recording and didn't turn the microphone on? Well, that was me. I did that. Can't really get around that one. talk about sleep for a moment, please? Okay, so I've, I've been thinking a lot about sleep, mainly because I've had a few days this week where I've gotten very little sleep. But I thought we'd talk about sleep. Sleep is seems to be, within culture, the last bastion of a place for a silent, private moment. It's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those places which is completely protected. I mean, that was the whole premise behind uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, was that he can get into your dreams. The one place where you thought you were safe and suddenly you're not safe anymore. But thankfully, we don't live in a, a campy 80s horror. We live in a, you know, the real world. Well, most of us do. Some of us do. I like to think most of us live in the real world. Excuse me. Okay, so I was yeah, I was thinking about sleep. I think sleep's one of those things which I think is, in the UK at least... We have an obsession with sleep. An absolute obsession. And that obsession is is tantamount to our small talk. Of we have a we have a fallback, we have the, the go to of which everyone speaks about in England. Nobody is is clear of talking about this. Um and that's that's the weather. You can't get around that. You speak to anyone in the UK and one of the first things they will do is talk to you about the weather. Doesn't matter how the weather is; it could be good, it could be bad. Um, it could be a little overcast, a little cold, and we're all experiencing it. We're all experiencing the weather as a whole because usually, you know, most people have been out in the weather. Sorry, my microphone is doing crazy things right now. I'm just going to turn it around. There. Okay, okay, right. So, one sec. Okay, right. So, yeah, we'll, we will talk at length about the weather. The weather could be doing nothing. Literally nothing. It could be the same every day for months. And we still would discuss it every single day. Because that is what being British is, apparently. Is repetition of conversations which never need to happen. Because we can all see that it's warm outside. And yet, as much as I may sound annoyed about this, or may look disgruntled, I am completely guilty of running into this trap. But the closest thing to that is sleep. We all sleep. Unless you're, uh, you know, some sort of vampire. But then you would sleep in the day. So, everybody sleeps. Literally everybody sleeps. And we talk about sleep constantly. How much sleep did you get last night? Have you slept well? You look tired. Are you tired? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm tired. We are. Everybody's tired. Everybody's tired all the time. That seems to be the new reality. I get the feeling that in the 1920s, no one was this tired. I don't know why. I mean, you never see anyone in old films discussing how tired they are. And yet... In our everyday lives, I'm I, I'm pretty sure I, I mean it may be my world. 
that may be a, a, a thing which is, is specific to me and my lifestyle, but most of the time, most people are talking about how tired they are and how sleep, how, how they need sleep, how they can't get to sleep, or how they love sleep, or how they sleep too much, or they sleep too little. Everyone's talking about sleep. It's the universal thing which separates us from inanimate objects. Inanimate objects are just kind of there. They're never in a constant state of needing to get sleep or sleeping too much because, I mean, you could say they're asleep all the time. Just casually sitting there, napping, consistently napping. And yet, they may be awake all the time. Maybe they're just super hyper awake because they're very, you know, very aware of themselves. But why did I want to talk about sleep? I want to talk about sleep because I had a couple of days this week where I, I, I had very little sleep. I'm one of these people who is extremely lucky that I can switch my sleep pattern at the drop of a hat. And I can also go a very long time without sleep. Some of that comes from... Oh, jeez. Just hit the microphone. Sorry about that. Some of that comes from me uh, during university. I had a fairly bad case of insomnia. Um, it used to come and go in waves and... I'd be up for days, uh, and that was terrifying because you, if you're up, up too long, you essentially just start hallucinating, and you go a little, little bit mad. That's why uh, torture and experiments where people are exposed to long hours of no sleep and 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 various other things are so dangerous in a way. Because it's subjecting people to things which their their mind and body can't understand. I watched an interesting uh, TED talk with David Blaine, and it wasn't the most exciting delivery ever given. Because David Blaine is not the most exciting deliverer ever given. I mean, he's he, you, everybody's seen the interviews. He has a very monochromatic voice, and just kind of yeah, mumbles his way through things, but. The reason it was interesting is because he was talking about that uh, that that trick. I say trick. It's not really a trick. It's, it's more like that test that he put on himself to uh, set the, the record for the longest having not breathed, which is quite a big a big thing to do. He's done his things where he's buried alive. He spent, I think, I don't know, it was like all, over a month in a glass box in London. I remember that. I remember... The madness that that was, that's insane. And he mentions in that TED Talk that during that, people uh, flew helicopters round his box with, uh, with with food dangling from the helicopters because they thought it was fake and they wanted to prove that he would give in. And, and, and I love that. I love the idea that someone's trying to do something where they want to better and challenge themselves. And as a country, the UK decided that the answer to that was to set them up to fail. And that's madness. But that is the UK. Do not try things, because we will will you to fail. That I think that is it's one of those things which kind of, we all get together collectively, and we've all got this, this sentiment of, yes, we raise everybody up, and at the same time, we're going to systematically destroy you. And there's not much we can do about that. That's just how we are as people. Equally silly and sarcastic, all at the same time. Like a rubber duck with a beret and a lit cigarette. We're jovial, but we're serious. Back to my point. So, yeah, I was 
listening to this talk by David Blaine and how he likes to push himself and how he likes to to go and do things which have never been done and how they're dangerous um, because you don't know how the body will react when you deprive it of things it needs. And so with sleep, is sleep's exactly the same thing. We we don't know what happens. We don't know the health damage to, to no sleep. We can predict, but we never want to do that to a person. We never want to put them in a situation where they die because of lack of sleep. And, and everyone seems to have a different need for sleep. Everyone seems to have a different kind of sleep level in a way a, a, a quota which needs filling some people can survive like myself i'm I, I, i'll get to the story in a minute but yeah you, you know I, I can survive on very little sleep maybe three four hours for for days i could do that for days and i'd be okay i'd, I'd not be great i'd be the grumpiest person you've ever met in the world and i'm fairly grumpy to begin with so the the, the bar is raised there in terms of what needs what needs to happen. But then other people require so much sleep. Eight to nine hours a night. To me, that just seems like wasting time. That's my, my relationship with sleep is not great. Because I see sleep as a waste of time. I'm not doing anything. And people are like, oh, but what about dreams? I'm thinking, well, dreams, uh, dreams aren't that creative. I can be more creative when I'm awake than... What's going on in my dreams? So the reason I bring this up. So yeah, for the last few days, I, I I finished a shift at work, and rather than going to bed, I I stayed up, and I did the classic twenty four hour run essentially, um, and I, I I I went through the my day after my work, and I, I think let's see what what time have I gone up? I've gone through. So I've been up. I'd be up. I, thought I would have been up. At least, yeah, I'd say at least 24 hours. And then I took a three-hour nap. And then I woke up and then I went out on a night out. Where I was up till six or seven in the morning. And I was tired. But I was okay. I wasn't drastically dying or anything. I kept having moments where... I'd lull a little bit. There was more staring into space moments than there usually is. I mean, everybody has a good 10 to 12 a day, right? Where you just stare into space and you let the void of reality slowly consume you. But there was maybe, say, 16 or 15 of these moments. Um, and they'd come on regular occurrence. And you just kind of learn to accept that when you're tired. That you're just going to sit and stare at things. And I drink, I drink a lot of caffeine. This is what a lot of people. This is this is uh, this annoys the living daylights out of me. Not that there's not much daylight within me, but so if I let's say I approach somebody and say that I didn't sleep well, or I didn't get much sleep because of the amount of caffeine I drink, they instantly assume that it's because I've had too much caffeine. Now I'm aware that I have a caffeine problem, but there is a million and one reasons why a person may not sleep well. It is not right to assume instantly that it's caffeine. It's, say, it's always the same answer. Oh, you should cut back on your caffeine or drink less coffee throughout the day. And I'm thinking, it had been hours since I had coffee. The effects of coffee had clearly worn off. I just didn't sleep well because I couldn't get comfortable. I saw a post the other day. I said the other day. It was today on Facebook. And it was about a, a blanket. 
this new blanket, which is, is, is obviously a Kickstarter creation, because Clickstar, Kickstarter used to be an amazing thing. It used to be this great little, little, uh, little idea that you could support ideas, and it used to be something which I really wanted to invest in. And now I just kind of look at it as like a, it's like an artisanal JML. And that, that's the only way I can describe it. So for anyone listening to you guys, JML is a company within the UK. I'm just going to Google it for consistency. Okay. JML is DirecTV. And it's, it's basically a series of shopping channels. So your late night, you know, plug and goes and your, 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 your things which clean everything. And uh, there's a brand of store in the UK called Pound Stretcher. Oh, it used to be. No idea if it exists anymore. Most of the, the stores from my childhood seem to have gone out of business, which shows how inadequate those stores were. Um, JML is one of these places which they put things in other stores, so they have a little stand in the store. And it's always like the knife which can cut through steel and, you know, the the hurricane mop which can take out any stain ever because I, I don't understand who's making this much of a mess in their house that they need a mop which can take out everything ever. Unless you're literally hiding bodies, nobody is spraying their entire bathroom in mud. Nobody. You, you would have to fillet something to get as much mess as they make in these TV commercials. But back to the point. So Kickstarter used to be great. That's not my point. I'm on the sub-point right now of, of what I'm actually discussing. So Kickstarter was great, and then all of a sudden they started just filling it with stuff which nobody needs. Like, just little things. It seemed like everyone with a 3D printer was suddenly making additions for mugs and phones. The phone holder, which can hold the phone which you're not using at that time. The mug, which has a mug attachment, which can then hold other mugs. But you don't want it to hold other mugs. You want it to hold an iPad, which can then sit on there. Oh, wait, you need to charge your iPad. Well, this phone has a built-in base, which would portably charge your iPad. And then that has a mug of... It comes with a mug attachment as well. That's fantastic. I don't know why I got really British there and sounded like Michael McIntyre. <laughs> it's essentially what Kickstarter is now. That's everything which is on Kickstarter right now. But then everything, of course, also on Kickstarter is, uh, is artisanal or um, is independently produced rather than just what it actually is, which is a bunch of um, bunch of corporations and uh, random conglomerates which are, are trying to crowdfund their products. Um with that yeah how did i get onto kickstarter the blanket the blanket that's where i was going i do apologize this this podcast is is getting all over the place but this blanket i saw and essentially this blanket weighs more than an average blanket i think it said that they weighed something like 15 to 22 pounds and that's that's a fair amount for a blanket to weigh that's um, i mean i'm gonna have to do the conversion because I'm, i'm part of the uh I'm part of the empire, which means I, I don't know how much that is to kilograms. That's nine kilograms. 9.97 kilograms, if you want to be specific. I mean, we can, we can put that in stone. That's almost two stone. It's like one and a half stone. Um, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't really know how to break that down. That's, yeah, that's, that's almost two kilograms. That's almost two bags of sugar. But the, the, that's the entire, I don't know if that means that it's condensed or that every part of the 
that'd be weird. If every part of the blanket weighed two kilograms. So you could just pick up a corner and the corner would feel like you were lifting two kilograms. That would be a heavy blanket. I don't think it's that. I think it's just spread across it. Either way, it's a blanket with weights in it. That's that's what it breaks down to. But for a lot of people, that's a very comfy thing to sleep under. That whole security element really overtakes you. That you, you, you Not that you're trapped in bed. Um, just that you, you're supported in bed. Like you've got someone kind of like having a heavy dog just lay on top of you but without, you know, the companionship and the need to feed it and the fact that it may pee on you at any moment. But you could have a blanket which feels secure. And a lot of people really get from that. Whereas I hate being trapped in bed. I'm not a fan of quilts which will just flow away. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying helium quilts are a good idea or anything like that. Apart from being hugely flammable, it seems a very expensive way to use one of the, the noble glasses. But... You could, I could sleep without a quilt. I do sleep without a quilt fairly often. I, 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 I roll around in bed all the time. I move. I basically just throw my quilt about. If I was trapped under a weighty quilt or blanket, I would not sleep. I'd just feel trapped. I'd, I'd wake up in the middle of the night thinking someone was trying to smother me. That's not, that's not a feeling I want in bed. And, and, that's just one, one aspect of what could overcome you whilst trying to sleep. So stop trying to say that coffee's the reason I don't sleep. Seriously. And no, this isn't just to stop people saying that. I, I genuinely think sleep is fascinating. It's, it's so strange. You go to sleep. Okay, so if you try and break sleep down in terms of what sleep is, you're going to lay in a completely dark room, or hopefully completely dark room, for approximately eight hours, completely still. Sometimes you're going to do that with another person. That's, that's insane. If someone just said to you that they were going to do that and they didn't register it as sleep, then you just assume this was just part of their day. That would be insane that someone's going to lay down for eight hours. In the dark. Why? Who knows? That's... Yeah. You know. They're not even... I, I, I swear I heard the other day that people aren't even sure why we need sleep. It's... it's uh, In terms of regeneration and things like that, it's essentially just a thinking period for your brain. That's what dreams are. You, your dreams are just your brain trying to manifest the information you have. Essentially, it's like archiving or defragging. That's how I, how I see sleep. Is whilst I see it as a nuisance because it stops me from doing things, you know, all those important things like staring into space, it's, it's just a time for my brain to defrag and reorganize the information I have. I don't think there's any recharging because my energy comes from food and sunlight. So laying in the dark for several hours seems... Seems counterintuitive. I'm, I'm sure someone can tell me why we need to sleep in much more of an informative way. But it is the one thing which makes us unique. We sleep, we dream, just like the animals do. Maybe, maybe that's a, a controversial idea. A controversial idea that life doesn't begin at first brainwave or first breath, but... The moment you wake, 
because if, if let's say we if we assume that all mugs, pens, ice, excuse me, if we assume everything is asleep, objects. This 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 could play beautifully. I'm just about to explain a concept to you, which could be groundbreaking. So brace yourselves, strap yourselves in. Okay, so the idea would be that. Nothing is living if it doesn't sleep. Okay? That is how we should define something being alive. A lot of the time we define things as being alive by uh, showing thought or intelligence or or um, general, what's the word, instincts for living. Um, and we define intelligence a lot of time by being able to problem solve and things like that. But then I was reading the other day that um, it, there's proof that, that chimps could have imagination because they use rocks like fake babies in the same way that children play with toys. So that kind of casts a whole suspersion. If we want to, as a species, the human species, define ourselves separately from everything else, which I, for some reason we want to do that, which is something, it's an ego trip. I don't, I'm not going to go into it. But Essentially, what you could say is that if something doesn't sleep, it doesn't live. Right? Follow me on this logic. So you take a mug, nice little mug here, which you can hear, and this mug is asleep. Completely asleep. In animated films and and sci-fis and things like that, when an object comes alive, it wakes up generally, by having eyes appear on it. So you could say that everything is asleep. All items within the world are asleep. Yes. Okay. You can see plants when they are awake and when they are asleep. They do that thing where they, they open their petals and they close their petals. Therefore, they sleep. They have a different pattern at night to night, day and night. But a mug is the same all the time. It is just an object. It is completely asleep. It has never woken up, therefore it is never alive. So we could apply that to all life. So therefore, if we were in the womb, for instance, you were asleep. You have never woken up because you don't wake up in the womb, so you are not awake until you exit the womb and you actually wake up and begin to live. Suddenly going to have a large group of people who are against abortion coming to uh, this podcast. But, as we say, these are just my ideas. And my ideas are, are my ideas. But I quite like that idea. I like the idea that if you don't sleep, you're not alive. It is a requirement for every living object within the world. A reaction to needing to sleep. All living beings... Animals, humans, plants, everything which has a sleep cycle, we can define as being alive and existing as alive. And everything else is just existing, I guess. I mean, everything exists. I'm not saying this is how you define purpose. There's a huge different conversation to be had there about other things. But in terms of sleep, I think that's fairly fairly rounded out. That sleep is what defines us. It's a strange, mysterious being of, of ritual, nocturnal... I was going to say emissions, but that, that's a completely different topic, topic again. And I've got to keep these safe for work. 
ritualistic action, let's call it that. Sleep is a ritualistic action, which we all undertake, every single being within the world takes. And if you don't sleep, then... Are you alive? If you if you don't... I wonder if there's anyone who, who claims they don't sleep. I don't sleep. Google doesn't answer that question. There is a book called I Don't Sleep by a woman called Judy Finnegan. It's an interesting concept. If you've never woken up and you've never slept, then you're not, al- not alive. Maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm just rambling once again. Nothing would surprise me about that. Maybe I'm just sitting here wondering about sleep and it's intermittent time of interrupting my day and being something which is constantly on everybody's minds and under discussion. You would think by now as a society, considering it is something we have done since the concept of man and life, I say man, I mean humanity and life has been created, you would think that we would have gotten this down to a T by now. That we would have completely flattened this out so it was so instantaneous and you could say, yes, these are are the instructions to get to sleep. But no. After all this time, our instructions to get to sleep are go lay down and relax. Dark room. That'll help. So strange. Maybe you guys should get some sleep. Maybe I should. Something to think about. I'll talk to you guys later.